SBN News, Episode 38. This is Savage Bloggers Network News, highlighting awesome Savage Worlds content and news shared by publishers, licensees, and fans with your hosts, Christian Serrano and Ron Blessing. Hey, Savages, Christian Serrano here, and we've got another week of SBN News. We actually skipped a week, though, Ron. I was kind of bummed. I know. that, that kind of It was weird. I felt empty inside last week. I did too. I actually, I, I I was missing it last week when I was I was away at a conference. It was a cool conference. Learned a lot, and uh, I was really missing. It. I all this week I, I was feeling anxious not having an episode that released. It was really weird. I felt like I, I, I seriously, was, yeah. I didn't know what to do with myself. It was weird. <laughs> I, felt, I felt like I wasn't doing my job. Like it, that's how it felt. It was weird. It was really Even weird. though you were at a conference for your job. Yeah, and and all week Monday, yeah. I'm like, well, there's no episode releasing. Am I not doing my job? Am I, I feel wow. like I have responsibilities. It's weird. That's how committed we are, people. Well, we got some catching up to do, though. I want to start out with a thank you to Marcus Bone over at the In the Sundered Skies blog. He wrote a, a post uh, shouting out to us because we mentioned his Sundered Skies blog. And uh, he said uh, that we're doing a fine job covering the news. And he said that the reason he got into Sundered Skies was because of a Games of Thing episode where my wife and I interviewed Dave Bluer, the uh, the designer of Sundered Skies. So I, those are my favorite stories about podcasting, where you get to be an instrument of somebody's decision as to what game they're playing. That is so cool. That is really cool. That had to make you feel really good when you when you saw that, right? I mean, yeah, it's really funny because when when you uh, linked it to me, I was actually having a bad day, and it totally turned my day around. Aww. So, oh, so yeah. that's awesome. No, that's true really story. Cool. True story. No, that's cool. That's really cool. I, I remember that episode. Dave was he, he was so such a he was a really nice guy. On yeah, he still is. Um, <laughs> yeah, he still is. Not to say, not to imply that he is no longer a nice guy. <laughs> Dave's Dave's a great guy. He and I uh, joke around a lot about the crush he has on my wife. And, oh, uh, nice. Yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty funny. And and Veronica was totally taken with him because she first of all she likes anybody with an accent, right? And oh. so David being from England. Uh, uh, has an accent, so there you go. So, so there's very risks, cool. risks involved there. <laughs> I don't know about that, but it was cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So, thank you, Marcus. I appreciate it. Yeah, that was really cool. Really cool. So, uh, another announcement we have on uh, April 25th: Frank Turfler will be joining us for an SBN Hangouts on Air. That'll be at 9:30 p.m. on Monday. We're going to be talking about Savage Dungeons, which we've talked yep. about in the past. Uh, we'll be talking about uh, a little bit of his uh, his his work with 2.5D map tiles. That's that's how he names them. And they're basically sort of low-profile map tiles that have a little bit of a 3D element to them, which is kind of nice. Yep. And, uh, and also his Heart of Darkness adventure framework that he released not too long ago. So I'm really looking forward to hanging out with him. It's going to be a really good talk. And, of course, we have news um, regarding Frank's uh, uh, product slash blog slash whatever. Yeah. So in uh, we'll kind of kick off the community section at this point. Uh, yeah. Savage Dungeons, of course, by, again, Frank Turfler. Goblins and kobolds and bugbears. Oh, my. 
Oh my. This was a great update on Savage Dungeons, and I really liked how at the end he asked for some community feedback on it. Because to me, that that feels like this is a, a product that's kind of near and dear to his heart. So um, I was really excited to see that. What's kind of neat is he actually uh, checked the numbers against Richard Woodcock's simulators, his uh, right. build comparison and battle simulators, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about you know using, I guess, calculations and algorithms for those kinds of things because I feel like when you're actually playing the RPG, it's very different environmental factors that can come into play. But it's kind sure. of neat that he's he's using a tool that you know Richard put a lot of time into, uh, specifically for that purpose to kind of expedite some of these things. I think it's a lot of fun, actually. I, and I, you know, and and reality is always going to skew away from, um, you know, any kind of a formula, especially when you're dealing with things like uh, people's decisions and exploding dice and, and that sort of thing. Right. So. And then but, what the hell G- the GM wants to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And the way the GM might rule and, and choices the GM makes versus what the players make. There's so many uh, factors involved that, you know, you can't completely get it there. But you know what? A tool like that's going to get you in the ballpark, which I think is cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's essentially an all-things-being-equal approach. So, yeah. So in the news of parallel thinking or what have you, um, episode five of the Wild Die podcast came out, and it was about plot point campaigns. Isn't that crazy? That's insane. That is absolutely what? insane. I wonder what got them thinking about that. Could it be that article that Matt Cutter put up on the I think site? I think Matt got a lot of people thinking. Oh, and, he did. Um, he definitely did, yeah. It it really put plot point campaigns at the forefront of the discussion and it, it's it's so cool to see that the community is kind of in that that zeitgeist uh kind of thing with uh with plot point campaigns. Yeah, I mean, and, and both our show and theirs have talked about uh, Richard Wilcox uh, articles as well, and how they expanded on how he expanded on um, you know the content that uh, Matthew Cutter had put up. Um, we do plan on, by the way, getting our episode of Simply Savage that covers plot point campaigns edited, hopefully in the near future, before the end of April. Um, I'm still kind of doing catch up, I guess, after the conference. Right. So uh, we're working on it. We're working on it. But uh, in other podcast news, Savage Cast episode four. Do you even riffs, bro? This was fantastic. It's got lots of Sean Patrick Fannin again. If you can't get enough of him, which you may or may not, who knows? It's up to you. But uh, if you can get enough of him, don't tell him because that will hurt his feelings. Yes. But either way, <laughs> you should go listen to this as it does go in depth about uh, Savage Riffs. Uh, this was recorded before the announcement about when the Kickstarter was going to launch. But uh, it's a great interview. There's also a little bit in there where they, uh, I guess there's like a, a, was it a velvet voice-off between uh, their intro, you know, the guy who does their intro voice? Yeah. And uh, I guess in me, I'm not quite sure. I don't I don't know how to approach that. But uh, in general, they, it, whoever you think you has the sexiest voice, just let them know. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, um, Or you could pick me, just saying. Yeah, Ron's, Ron's a... He could be a write-in. <laughs> I'm he, just, I'm just, I don't care. <laughs> I'll vote for you, Ron. You know who votes for me? My wife. There so I go. don't care. Apparently it does it for her. That's right. Yeah. Did something. <laughs> Did something. Got right. two kids. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
So usually a review isn't news, but this is a really interesting review. Um, there's a blog put out on thoughts on the Ripper's um, Frightful Expeditions book that's coming out. It's out in PDF, and and um, what I like about this review is not necessarily that it's a review because I mean reviews are great because they give you an idea of whether or not something's worth your time or or, or money. But what I really like about this is the fact that um, the author thought that the book could have done more to provide better, not better, but more um, sort of uh, antagonist features for the different locales that are in Frightful Expeditions and goes out of his way to kind of list them and provide links if you want to add them to your game. Yeah, this is this is a really thoughtful article, and he, he links to... You know articles that can um, you know that expand on these mythologies and these creatures, and he covers you know Africa, Antarctica, Asia, Australia, Europe, North America, South America, pretty much all the continents that are you know in our world. And uh, I I thought it was a really thoughtful sort of reflection when you you know when, when we think about RPGs, we kind of accept things sometimes, but you know this is a really good critical thought as far as you know what else could we tap into for inspiration uh, and, right. and incorporate into our games. So, um, you know, he acknowledges that there's obviously going to be limitations with how much space he, uh, you know, he felt like theoretically each of these places could have been their own book. Uh, sure. So yeah, it's, there's definitely acknowledgement in that regard. Well, and, and maybe if the Kickstarter had done bigger, maybe it would have been broken out into more books. Who knows? Right. Right. But, um, you know, obviously, these are the kinds of decisions that an editor is stuck making, or a line editor is stuck making, when you have a page count, right? Right. And so, um, the content that that's in there, my opinion, awesome. Um, and if you want more, there's this article that gives you all those great links. I think it's neat. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, since we're talking about publishers and products, let's go ahead and dive into that category. Yeah. You know. This next one, let, go go ahead and go over this because I'm I'm super pumped for this. Yeah, so this is a, a new product that's going to be kickstarting. That now, to be clear, this is not Savage World specific, right? Um, we were reached out to by um, Michael Pierman of uh, I guess Table Quest is the name of his his company. Uh, yeah, Table Quest Games LLC, and uh, he's got a product that he's working on called Mystics Mapping System. From what he described and what I read, and and actually and the pictures and the pictures, uh, and I actually asked him if this is if I'm understanding this correctly, it's essentially a map tile product that is that works very much like color forms. When I asked I used him to about love that, color forms, oh, I did too. I used to color love forms them. are great. And when you I had the kid, backgrounds and you put little characters and the stuff they're holding and oh furniture yeah, or whatever they're all doing different things and yeah yeah. So I asked him about this. I'm like, oh, so this is like color forms. And he said, it's, a, it's actually, uh, the color forms is exactly what inspired us for this. And in fact, he reached out to the company that manufactures the color forms products. And it is being, uh, it's being manufactured by them. Nice. Yeah. So there's some minor differences in terms of approach. Like so there's some transparency layers and things like that. Um, but it's going to include, um, like decorations for the maps, uh, it, I think possibly miniatures or tokens of some sort, like top-down views. Uh, th I like the idea because, I mean, I've used 
you know, paper minis and things like that. And, you know, somebody bumps the table, they go flying or they reach across or, you know, something weird happens and then things get messed up. These things aren't going to move, you know. The one pick I saw that showed a dungeon and the fact that you can, you know, manipulate whether the door is open or closed and not have to worry about getting it knocked over or whatever because it's stuck to the right to the sheet, as it were. Um, so neat. And I, I could see this being a really fun tool. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he offered to send us um, prototypes that we could yep. check out. So uh, there'll be a Kickstarter in June. Uh, you can check out their Facebook page at uh, facebook.com slash TableQuest. And yeah. Um, yeah. You, should, you should write up a blog post about these when you're done, man. When you're, because I know you're going to be getting the, uh, the, uh, the um, prototype. Yeah, I'm going to actually should... test them uh, with a Hero Kids game with my kids. Oh, with your kids. Awesome. Yeah, yeah I think that'll be a, a, a good test. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. So the next product on the list is uh, the Winter Eternal Adventure Guide for the Wastelands. The Wastelands is a really cool and interesting segment of that setting. And this is just one of those books that's, that's going to you know, expand out what was in the core book and give you some good information for your game. It's a great GM book, and uh, you definitely want to check that out. It's up on RPG Now. At this time, it's not uh, uh, POD available, but um, who knows? Who knows? Um, but definitely want more of that Winter Eternal. That is such a cool setting. You know what's kind of cool? Actually, it's very cool that he did this. Um, so in March, we did the giveaway of, of the Winter Eternal core setting book. Um, yep. for it was offered by Justin Sort Imagination, and when this came out, he actually sent me a, a discount link to send out to all the Patreon patrons as a bonus, yep. which was a big thank you for that, guys. It was it was uh, um, just yeah, thank you so much. Um, so you know that's that's kind so of that's a, the kind of stuff you're missing if you're not a patron. Yeah, you know it's it that was totally unexpected. It wasn't anything we asked for. It wasn't anything he even mentioned to us ahead of time. He just said, "Hey, by the way, here." And uh which is kind of cool. So, you know, if you're backing us, you might get some cool stuff like that. Speaking of things that are freaking cold. Oh man, this one's huge, literally. Huge. Literally. Yeah. So, uh the Hellfrost Atlas of the Frozen North. We had talked about it before. It was a Kickstarter, and it's a pretty massive book. Uh, it is now available on DriveThroughRPG.com, not just as a PDF, but also for print on demand. And you right. can get the premium hardcover. Uh, I think it runs uh, about 120 or so. It's pretty big. It's a big book. And it's full color. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's $100 for the hardcover color book. Premium heavyweight. Uh, if you want it with the PDF, it's one hundred twenty, one hundred eighteen ninety nine, but uh, but it's full color and it is a the layout is beautiful inside of that yeah. book. It is a really pretty book. It's a gorgeous book. I've seen pics. I, I unfortunately wasn't able to afford the uh, the Kickstarter for it, but man, this is man, tempting. I, it is tempting, yeah. uh, especially having it staring at me every time I go on RPG now. <laughs> it's uh and it's yeah it's a 386 page count. Yep. Um so you're getting a a lot of content and uh if you really wanted a close up detail of of the regions in uh Rassilon, this is the book you're going to want to get. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um so this next one is kind of uh apropos to my upcoming new game, 
we're actually going to be starting a low-level uh, Supers game at my house for Sundays. And uh, we're using the pulp level of power. Nice. And I'm going to do a game that's kind of along the lines of, like, the Arrow TV show or one of those, you know, supers that, that are not super, super, but, you know, low-level stuff. And probably you're going to be seeing a lot of, like, devices and, and, and things like that going on with it. But anyway, very, very recently released was the Miscreants, Malefactors, and Megalomaniacs Volume 2 for Savage Worlds using the Superpowers Companion. And this thing, if it's anything like the first one, it's awesome. I, I've, I've got the first one, and it's very cool. This is definitely something I'll be picking up this weekend. About how many characters do you get in, in a volume? So, yeah, you're going to get 13 villains in here. And they're of, you know, varying power level, I believe. And it's got art by folks that have that have done a, a lot of art. I know one guy that's pretty well known in the Savage community, Storm Cook, worked on yeah, it. Yeah, I was just looking at that. Cool stuff, for yeah, sure. Definitely. And, and, you know, for the price point, like 13 characters for 4 bucks. how do you beat that? Right, right. Yeah, Storm Cook. His his art is a uh, a lot of his stuff is in the uh, Necessary Evil. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They use Storm quite a bit for Necessary Evil. Mm -hmm. The Explorers Edition. That's right. Storm's art for the swiping always goes on the uh, was was a long running thread on the Pinnacle forums. Oh yeah, I have. Uh, yeah, I, I've grabbed so much stuff from there. Yeah. That's, absolutely. Yeah. And that is the news. Indeed, it is. As always, thank you for listening, and be sure to visit the SPN website at www.savagebloggers.net. We've got links to the aggregated SPN RSS feed. We've got podcast subscription links and so much more. If you enjoy our podcast and you want to show your support and you want to get some cool stuff like free products from publishers, be sure to check out our Patreon page. And uh, that's available on our website. And whatever you do until next time, keep it fast, furious, and fun. Hey, Christian, why should you never use the number 288? I have no idea. It's too gross. Uh -huh.